Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen on Rugby podcast. HarpenOnRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts as well as a host of other platforms. Right about now, I'm meant to be doing podcasts going back over things like the 2026 Nations and Leinster's Schools Cup final, as well as looking forward to the remainder of the domestic campaign, including Leinster's march to a perfect season. But alas, that is not to be. So instead, I've enlisted some contributors to a project that I call Retro Rugby, where we look back over great contests from years gone by. The idea is not to just go over the match in question, but also to see how the rugby world stood at the time. If you check the program notes, I'll include links to some headlines on the day of the match, as well as my preview and write-up. First on the list was France v Ireland from the 2018 Six Nations, and re-watching it with me was Rugby Kino, so without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for the first in our new and hopefully not too long-running series of retro rugby pods to fill the COVID-19 void. And joining me to talk all about France v. Ireland from 2018 is a longtime contributor to Harpen on Rugby and curator of the excellent and informative At Rugby Kino Twitter account. Welcome to the pod and Danakti, Love, Fela, Padre, Glatz to Kino Mulor. Uh, right back at you, Jeff. Thanks a million for having us. Great, great to have you. So um, what we've decided to talk about now is uh, to start this series is because we were deprived of a France v. Ireland at the weekend, I decided to kick it off with um, the, the, the game from 2018. The, um, it's always known as the, 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 the drop goal game. But um, we, what we did was we watched it back on St. Patrick's Day um, on Twitter. And that was, that, that was fun, like doing tweets and all that throughout. Um, but before we talk about the actual game, what I'd like to do is uh, set up the, um, the way the Irish team was at that time. Because it was interesting, just the previous international before that was uh, the November internationals in 2017, where we played South Africa, Fiji, and Argentina. And it, when, I, when I was going back over the matches we played, I don't know if you agree, but um, the, the, those were wins and we won them all. But it, it wasn't anything to really, it wasn't like we were in a really good spot because we won those games. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. It was, um, I remember Argentina, they, we didn't start Dev and we struggled in the line out and it was, people were worried. It's like, he's struggling in the line out against Argentina, not traditionally one of their strong points. Mm. Um, and we, we got through the rest of the series, nothing really, no, there was no setting the no. world alight. It was, we just get no, the job we, done. Yeah, we beat Fiji three points and uh, we started the series with a big win over South Africa but South Africa were I mean they went on to win the World Cup of course they weren't in a really big spot at the time either so even that wasn't considered a big win I thought and before that you had the Lions tour which dominated that summer so it wasn't so we so the, the rest of the team went to the USA and Japan so even those wins don't count you had a win over England at the end of the 2017 Six Nations which was kind of a it was a good, you know, way to end that series. But we already had those two defeats and the championship. It didn't feel like we finished second that year. No, no, no. You know, that, was, it, that, was, that was we we spoiled England's party and that was it. It was yeah. It was we shared around a bit of ashes, <laughs> and that was yeah. about all there was to it. It was the bus game in Scotland, and then we had a bad defeat in Cardiff. And uh, like I said, we finished second, but it didn't really feel like it. so. It's a, it wasn't all doom and gloom, and I, I, I'm sure at the time I was trying to feel more confident, but it did. It, it, you know, when you consider all that happened since, 
since that game in Paris, you know, the, the, the 2018 we had in Leinster and the, the, the incredible success. But where we were at that time going into that match, it was a different kind of mindset, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Mm. Um, there was... No, you wouldn't even say quiet expectation. It was it was more hope than expectation. Uh, not the desperate hope of um, some some of the, some of the kind of previous periods of of, of rugby, but uh, but nonetheless, I mean, no one was going there thinking this is our year. We're gonna take yeah. we're, we're gonna take the the championship, let alone a grand slam. And when and when it comes to actually playing France in Paris, of course, we we sort of have a mini kind of history with them as well. And it wasn't even it wasn't so much that there were so many games that we lost there, but it was so many games that we lost or drawn that we could have won. We were we were in a we were in a sort of a, a rut with 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 France as well over go, go, going back about ten years. Yeah, absolutely. Is that 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 last yard um, we, that we mm. fell short so many times um, when we did come up with a performance over there, which was which was hard enough to come by as it was. Um, France. I mean, I know England are the old enemy, but France are the bogey team. Always have been, mm. and I think they well, they're looking very much like they're going to be back to that again as well. So certainly didn't go into this championship. I mean, when your first game in Paris, you're not thinking Grand Slam anyway. <laughs> Just thinking, get through, get through this bloody game, and then then see where you are. Yeah, yeah, I think it's more we were kind of going over there, looking, hoping for a performance. You know, maybe within a score, maybe you know, you know, you never know. Might even draw, might even squeak one. Um, but um, the the idea of going into um, the into the championship in the year where you're away to France and England. Uh, ludicrous. You, you wouldn't even yeah. consider it. You'd call anyone who okay. was a lunatic. When and even when you look at the starting lineups, um, I mean, right now, like you'd look at that Irish fifteen and you'd say, well, you know, that's essentially that is the team that won the Grand Slam. That would be the Grand Slam fifteen, pretty much, yeah. apart from Vanderflieger, maybe. And um, but at the time, you're thinking, you know, there's there's the names in there. I mean, we're used to James Ryan, we're used to Josh Vanderflieger, we're used to Jacob Stock- Stockdale in there. But there, it was a, it was kind of a, it was an interesting lineup at the time. It was, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't go so far as to call it experimental, but there was definitely a couple yeah. of um, indications of a direction that the team was taking that uh, that were new and exciting. And mm-hmm. uh, by Jesus, some of them paid off. <laughs> that, that was the build-up. That was the team. And from the French point of view, I mean, it's it's a it, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche that's right. It's even true this season. Uh, they look good this season, and then they ended up in Murrayfield. Um, you, you don't know which French team you're going to get, so. Uh, there were some experimental um, selections on the, this French lineup. Javabert at ten. No, that was it. I mean, um, I mean, looking back, it was it was a pretty decent lineup, and uh, you can see what they were trying to do um, with who they put out as well. Um, and all in all, they actually put in a pretty. It was a pretty good performance from France. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was about as coherent um, a performance as we'd seen from them uh, in in a fair while. And they just kept with it the whole way through, um, and they looked relatively together as a team um, for France <laughs> um, of that era. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 they had coherence, absolutely, especially without the ball. I mean, it was they were so um, they were so clued in to stopping us. They were so you know well organized to 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 getting the ball back off us. You know that kind of way. Well, that's it. I mean, I think you kind of have almost a, um, a genesis of what's happened with uh, with them now, um, insofar as that they 
did really well in that game because they defended really well. Again, yet another rugby truism, defence wins games, you know, um, but it is true. And they made 94% of their tackles um, in that mm-hmm. game. It was 253 out of 268, which is a massive number of tackles anyway. To make 94% of them is 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 hugely commendable. Especially when Guirado makes 150% of those tackles. <laughs> like, you know, it was a, he, he was just everywhere. It was just like, oh, it's amazing. amazing Very much captain's performance for him. Oh, absolutely. Legendary performance out of him. I mean, he really absolutely gave it his all and my my one slightly sad note when, uh, after the drop went over was the shot of the look on his face from the bench because he left yeah. everything on that pitch yeah so okay so that was the team going into the match um, so then we we'll, we'll quickly move on to um, to the actual kickoff yeah yeah I mean <sighs> It's, it, it's interesting watching it back because y- your mind plays funny tricks on your memories of games over time. All you remember is the drop. Oh, that, yeah. that's literally all you remember. First 79 minutes of a blur. <laughs> and then you're watching it back going, Jesus, we had to work hard. And and, and we, yeah, we had tons of possession, tons of territory. And then we were coughing it up outside their 22 or just inside their 22. We, we got a couple of opportunities to go inside the 22 and, and just coughed them up. Time. Yeah, I mean, it was watching us with the ball. It was almost like it was almost like an Alice in Wonderland kind of thing because we we seem to be making forward carries with every with every, you know it, there seemed to be good going forward every time. But then by the time we lose possession, we somehow we were knocked back. I, I, I couldn't understand what was what, what was going on. It was uh, a lot of it was side to side, but we did you know I guess we, you didn't really notice the tackles were going in and maybe when a couple of passes went in. We would end up further back than when we started, but it was just, we didn't really seem to, well, we didn't threaten their line because we didn't even come close to scoring a try on the day, which is the amazing thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it it kind of, watching the back reminds me of um, what Shane Horgan's been, um, had been harping on about for quite some time about the Joe Schmidt era teams is that the possession game that they play is brilliant. But in terms of having incisive, movements inside the 22 to get over the try line no it's it's percentage rugby pick and go pick and go pick and go pick and go until you get over the line and it just it, it just didn't work France were too were too big yeah. um, and then actually at the start of the second half they, they they really stepped up their defensive speed obviously someone had obviously the coaches had a word to them and said look pick up the pace get up the, in their faces faster and you'll make life difficult for them and therefore, well, and that's kind of the blueprint now as to as to why uh, we've had we've had some issues with uh, England in the last couple of seasons um, is that they've they've taken that and run with it. Yeah, they're focused. They're focused on what we're going to do, and it and it, we we can no matter how much we perfect what we do, which was kind of the Joe Schmidt idea is like if you have you know if you have accuracy, if you're clinical, if you do the base if you do the basic things that he wants right. No, no matter how good you are, if the other team is honed in on specifically what you're going to do it, it's just going to make it that much more difficult yeah and if you're not starting those rooks um with 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 a uh, dominant carry in the tackle yeah, um at least absolutely. at least some of the time you know you, you need yeah. at least i off the top of my head about 25 percent. you need to be you need to be getting dominant in those carries or you're, you're not getting go forward ball your scrum half is on the back foot yeah, your, your your line is probably set wrong uh, in terms of attack, and then it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. You know, in the first the op- the, the opening stages, um, it did look as if, like you say, I mean, Ireland. It, it looked like Ireland had the bulk of the possession, 
and it looked like Ireland had the bulk of the play, and we did take a 3-0 lead. But then, so so, what did you make of the first, the, the opening exchanges, maybe the first quarter? We came out uh, 6-0 by, by, by about 20, 22 minutes gone. So it was a 6-0, which isn't a bad start. For yeah, Paris. no, no. I mean, the opening stages were kind of how you want to open in France, really. Um, you mm. know, you're you're doing the right things. You're, you're working in the right areas of the park. You're keeping the scoreboard ticking over. Um, their possessions not really looking like it's going to um, cause your defensive systems any difficulty. It's 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 how you want to go. It's how you want to start a game. Absolutely, but there comes a point at which you have to say, you want to say, right, we've gotten you know more than the score clear. We want to pull away now. You get one down over the try yeah. line, and we were found wanting. We just couldn't. In some ways, we really wanted to push four or five pointers. Though you could say that those penalties that the French were conceding was was kind of slowing us down in that regard as well, because we're never going to kick those to the corner. I mean, they, all the penalties. I mean, even the ones that were missed were were in very kickable positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, so I mean, the, the sensible thing to do in that case, you know, if you're less than a score down, is less than a score ahead, is certainly to take the three. Um, I think yeah. possibly um, losing the the line out early on. I think it was the first line out. Ryan was just fingertips. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that might have dented confidence in going for the line, which is a shame because we had thirteen out of fourteen line outs. It was just literally the first one went awry, and after that, it was perfect. Yeah. Our models were as well, yeah. um, but for some reason, we just weren't utilizing that. Um, effectively yeah. I don't think we really had any line outs within mall distance no we had a few we, we, we had a few around the 22 yeah. but I don't think we I don't think we got any like deep deep like in five if they would have been close anything. enough to kick those we were taking the three instead yeah. um, and the strike moves just weren't working now I, I thought one thing I noticed that um, on this watch was the work being put in by our centers and when I, when when I, when I say work, I mean uh, Aki and Henshaw. They were they were they put in the classic Joe Schmidt yeah. centers oh, job, working together. It was always if, if you see the number twelve, there's going to be a number thirteen right beside it, getting in tackles, clearing out, uh, crash ball, getting involved. There was a very close, really really intense work. It did, but like you say yourself, like at the end of the day, what did we get from that? In, in terms of in terms of actual you know pr- production, they're they're putting us on the front foot, but we weren't getting any further. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's it's the difference between I suppose um, getting on the front foot and and breaking the line. Um, whereas we, mm. when, while they are two centres uh, who while working together can get you on the front foot, I don't really feel like they get you in behind the line where the, you don't get that line break. You don't get that that opportunity to, to, to do something special what you get is the opportunity to mm. set up a good situation for the next rook which mm. uh, wasn't wasn't the way to go it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't happening that day well like I could say if, if, if the other team knows you're going to do it when they do go into contact there's going to be two three players there ready to stop them and um, they, they can't get the flow and the continuity like it, it, every time it's worse like maybe even against New Zealand and Chicago you know New Zealand were just doing their thing and we might have had a bit they might have even had a little bit more space there you know like against a team that's just going to play their way 
as opposed to uh, specifically against yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I'd agree with that one hundred percent. They were, they were ready for us. And they were waiting for us, which is, you know, it was a, it was a mark of respect as well. You know, the the, the relationship between Ireland and oh, France changed hugely over the years, and um, I think that's why they were so delighted. And then to go ahead and so got to lose um, was that it would have been a huge scalp um, for them, which uh, is a long shout them from where it had been. 10 years before that so and uh, on the subject of um, like we'll, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Nigel Owens France just kept on shipping penalties and again another thing I thought from watching this again how they were never yellow cards yeah yeah whether or not you agree with the penalties the fact that they got so many penalties at, at such key times um, and they did they did actually get a yeah. one and the next penalty was by the skipper himself so it's just like it's like what, what what more could they have done? I think I think Nigel was doing his thing where he just you know wanted to keep fifteen against fifteen as much as he can. Very much play, so, I and I reckon if they if if any of those infringements had happened while they were within kind of three to five points, it might have been a bit different. Um, but given that we had that cushion, mm. I think um, you know whether it's right or wrong, um, there's a certain tendency for Nigel to allow the score to also come into decision making and, and let the game flow which uh, you know I respect you know that's 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 why we have laws and not rules yeah. they are open to interpretation exactly. and and there wasn't anything horrific that's absolutely yeah. a card it was an accumulation of things and it was but yeah if it had been a bit closer throughout um, if it, or if the lead had been changing back and forth, um, then yeah, absolutely, they would have seen at least one card. Mm, absolutely, and, and but the one, the, the ironic thing, there was actually one call in this game that I noticed. I'd forgotten about it, but I did. I was noticing it at the time when matches being played. That he actually called the crooked feet yes, on the scrum. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember where you were when you last saw the crooked feet on his? Yes, it was 2018. Unbelievable! It was like, like everyone's looking at each other. It's like what? Oh, you mean that's what, what, what's he doing with his hands? I don't recognize that. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic because he was because there was pretty much anything else, nothing else he was calling. I mean, talk about uh, letting them play for that last series, which we'll get to later. But the, the series of plays right at the end. I mean, they could have driven a Sherman <laughs> tank onto the pitch, and uh, he wouldn't have penalty for that for that series. They they could have really pretty much done anything. I think you talk about the situation of the game. So uh, that's that, but, that, but you know that's Nigel. That's the way he refs, and everyone kind of knows yeah. that. Going and if he had, anyway, to be honest, so, if he had uh, given a penalty, we wouldn't have Le Drop. You know, he's, he exactly. has facilitated that exactly. drama and that moment, which you know, Absolutely. while at the time you might have been screaming at the television for him to to, to blow mm. up um, mm. and blow the whistle for a for a penalty, yes. you can't argue with the result. Mm. So um, anyway, so it comes to our uh, going back to our approach uh, briefly, like in that those opening stages. I mean, I, there were times when. We did actually look good with the ball when we actually passed it. There, there, there was a couple of good phases, and it was just like, and it did get us into spaces. Like in the early stages, we had we got the ball out wide. There were some good exchanges. Our two wingers paired up at the in the wide channels. Um, there was a lot of that going on, which would get us forward and stuff. And it, I, I noticed in the French commentary that we even got an ooh la la <laughs> from the um, from the commentators when when they threw a few passes together. But it was yeah. so rare. It was like. We're just going to do this now, and then okay, we're going to go back to our pick and goes, pick and goes, pick and goes, and uh, it was it, it was it was an interesting it was it was, interesting it was mix, it, you know? we started um, with, a, with what seemed like a, especially for Joe Schmidt or team a relatively expansive game. Like we were looking to ship it wide, we were looking to to move it around. Um, and it kind of made me wonder: Did we have a different game plan going into this? Um, that was then 
um, lads, this isn't working. Let's let's just revert back to yeah. uh, the old reliable, which back was you know, truck it into the next contact, secure the rook, go again. Which is a shame because I, I mean, there's a danger of trying to take France on at their own game. They love fast and loose. I mean, Teddy Thomas, yeah. <laughs> you know, he showed later on how how good he is in the loose. But so there was a danger there. But I, I still feel like there was a match that could have been a bit more interesting that we still could have won through that style of play um, but I guess we'll never know and but and the way we were doing it was we we, we, we never seemed to like we, we get 3-0 and then 6-0 but then they get a penalty so it's 6-3 and we were just we just couldn't couldn't stretch I mean we did a couple of times mm-hmm. we got it to 9 points then it was just they were always like you know we wouldn't be 9 points for that long and then they caught back a bit more it was just you just always got that sense. I always get this against New Zealand. Whenever you're playing New Zealand, you're just waiting for their next try. It's like a phantom try in your head that's just about to happen. But against France, especially in Paris, yeah. I always feel that as well. Like right up to as long as they were within six points, six, six points or less, or even seven points or less, you knew you figured just one quick flash and they could be back. So going back to the start, like you say, we were, we were taking the three points and that was probably the smart thing to do, but we never really, you know, we never really were able well, to that's pull it. away. I mean, you not only have to build up um, a score um, of, of more than more than a score, um, but you also have to build up a head of steam. And we were having great difficulty doing that um, in anywhere where we could really tilt at their try line. Um, by the time we might have looked like we were, it would be a a rip or a turnover on the ground to Jackal or we'd lose the ball and the points that they did get they got relatively yeah. easily when they did get them you know because mm. they had the ball so little the fact that they were you know <laughs> that they were winning with the 32% possession for the whole match is uh, is yeah. a is a horrible slight <laughs> to be frank and there were a couple of um, couple of injury situations uh, throughout the match in, in the first half especially Jalabert had to go off and then we had then we had Vanderflair's nasty collision yeah. at the end that put him out for a while he, like Nigel called it a rugby collision <laughs> which is a it's, it's a good phrase isn't it uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly sure what the definition for a rugby collision is but uh, I would also wonder uh, yeah. what uh, the, the Frenchman's arm was doing out there <laughs> for, for that one but uh, yeah <laughs> The definition is the referee doesn't want to call it, and it's it's it's, it's an escape route. Uh, it's a it's a handy handy spin terminology that give them language oh, yeah. to get out of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Referee for I'm not touching that with a barge pole. So, um, so we had those unfortunate injuries in the first half. Um, by half time, we had stretched it to nine three. So we had a six point lead going into half time, and you know. You take that any day going into the break. Well, this is it. I mean, it was not quite the the the, the whole the, the whole score cushion that you you'd want to really push on, but it was certainly enough mm. to be good getting along with. And, and absolutely, if you'd asked me beforehand, would you take being six six points up a half time in Paris? Take your hand off. Definitely. And uh, of course, you know the, the the one of the big phrases. You know, I mean, this was definitely one game where you think the first score after the break. Would be would be crucial that we and we did get it. Yeah. So we were three up, and uh, and uh, so that 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 was the crucial nine point lead after after just forty seven minutes. Uh, yeah, it was, and then, then there wasn't another score then for another for another seven minutes. But at the same time, we managed to get that nine point lead, um, and then didn't really manage to do much with it like uh, as I was saying before that France seems to despite the fact that they've gone in at halftime six points down. 
they seem to seem to take a fair bit of uh, of uh, sucker from that as well because they came out um, after half time um, and they 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 looked pretty fresh and they were very fast up on the line um, and they were making go mm, forward ball definitely. very difficult to generate. Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, it was it, it's a situation that we're used to watching with Leinster's defense and Ireland's defense as well. That um, wait, like if you if you're getting to your seventh or eighth, once you get to double digits and yeah, you're, you're pretty stage. much gone. You're 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 not going to. Yeah, you, you might as well make it like rugby league and just kick it away after after five or five or so phases because because they're 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 just getting stronger, which of course makes the ending <laughs> of the match all the more ironic. But looking at these, I was I was watching the phase counter every time Ireland had the ball, and it was ten, it was twelve, it was fifteen phases we're putting together but we hadn't gone any further than than when we started really you know and then you know you had the ball ripped away um a couple of times a couple of times where they they're ripping out of the tackle or we just knock it on or something with something would always happen we never really got we were never really totally pressure in their trial yeah 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 it was, it was i mean that was that was the odd thing was that everything was going right up until the point where you'd expect the the, you know, the, 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 I won't quite say white line favour, but you know the, the the motivation of the line to take over, and it just seemed to not quite get there. It was an, it was a very hard fish of a game in that way. Yeah, and when um, when Bahamina uh, jackaled the penalty, um, the fifty three minute mark, and uh, they slide it over, so now they're back within six, and that's when we're going. Okay, you know that that's when the nerves started. I, for me, anyway, watching it started going like you know you're fifty five, you're coming to the coming into the final quarter now and uh, you know once they're within a score you, oh yeah you no that's, that's when I when, that's when I fully started getting the flashbacks going oh yeah no I remember the sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach when, when that penalty got slotted over yeah oh no but then of course you had Sexton um, Sexton had a relatively easy for him kick at uh, 61 minutes and uh, or 60, yeah, 61, 62 minutes, and he just pushed it across the face. Um, that, I mean, I do you would it be would it be too simplistic to say that had that gone over the game? Um, over? I mean, in hindsight, we can say that, but at the time, would it have killed the game off? The try that they did get then, which was an absolute peach, was we 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 we, we hoofed it, but mm, we oh, didn't yeah, chase definitely. it up, and they got that uh, mm. that that quick line out, mm. and Teddy Tama absolutely burned True. the Irish team. Oh, he just he saw he saw the path and uh, and just 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 ran a straight line. It was just just incredible. I mean, if anything, I, I, I agree with you that the, that the chase wasn't great, but and also in some ways it was it, almost too good too a kick distance on it from, in, from yeah. Kearney. It, it just which which you're not you're going to say you're going <laughs> to tell them goof it as far as you can, mate. You know. Um, but also you've got the thing where you know you you, you kind of want to put it into yeah. the second row of the crowd as well but um the, the, the it was a perfect storm for them to yeah get it was just about the moment. worst thing that could have possibly happened um to the, to, to, to to Ireland on that side yeah. which in hindsight then uh, the fact that they had to respond to that was the best thing that could have happened to that Irish side um you know the the, the response to that was the absolute making of that team that year oh totally totally and what was interesting was was, is that um, just before that mm. France missed their own penalty and um, it was the re- and what, what got me watching it back at the time watching it back the second time for, for doing me right up what, what got me most is that uh, he missed it yeah. and Sexton got the ball Sexton was the on-field captain at the time because Best had gone off and Sexton got the ball and he took yeah. the 22 drop out within seconds 
It was, it was, it was, it was, it was really quick. And he not only took it, but he he didn't hoof it down the field. He took yeah. it to win it back. So he had to have he had to have the team behind him. I mean, Henderson ended up catching. He had to know where that was going to get it. I mean, the, the, that was some quick organization there. You know, it was. It, 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 we all talk about the drop goal at the end of it, but there's yeah. so many elements to this drive up the field. Yeah, well, no, that's, that, 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 that's that absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. and that's one of my favorite things about it was, and kind of probably why it sticks so much in my memory now is that what they did at that point was the complete antithesis of everything that had gone before. They'd started off with, you know, um, a wide game and they were really going at it and they were slowly closing up as the game went by and tightening up and bringing it in phase after phase into contact and securing the ball and bringing it into the next phase. And then just literally out of necessity and desire to pull off the least Joe Schmidt exit of all time. You know, the dropout to win it back and then bringing it through the phases all the way from the 22. You know, no no percentage rugby there at all. It was instinctive adrenal rugby. Um, totally. Ireland don't play like that. Fair. And they weren't coached to play like that. Exactly. And they did it and it worked. And the, 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 what got me was is that um, like, what, like we talked before how we'd have 10, 12, 13, 15 phases and it'd go nowhere. But I was watching the counter as they were going through because, you know, it's easier to watch when you know what's going to happen at the end. We were at the 15-phase counter. We, w- we hadn't actually advanced that far. We were still in our own half. We were still, I think we were barely at our own 10-meter line. And it, it was it was like, okay, well, it, at the time we are going, there's no way yeah. we're getting down the pitch for a drop goal from here because of everything that had gone before. And then they rolled through a few more phases, maybe got a little bit closer, 22, 23 phases. Yeah, it was the inch and then Sexton's going to And then he puts put the ball oh God, yeah. You're going, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Now, the, yeah. there had to be a nod, there had to be a look. Earl's had to know would, that was coming. I would put it to you that Earl's is um, but that was only back on the Irish side that would have caught that ball that to be in the position yeah, and to win that ball he in the air cleanly as well it's just like I mean and we just and and also everyone else had to react to that I mean it wasn't enough that he caught it it's just like the, and yeah. the, they're all bollocks at this stage as well you know it's the, the forwards are there they're on top they're the 12 and 13 they're there to support them and and, 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 and recycle and then they're just well, this is it, the at again. this point what's happened is that Ireland are playing the least structured rugby that I've ever seen them play and it's working and France are, have been tasked with playing structured defensive rugby to see out a lead in a clutch game uh, which is what they're worst at and it wasn't working mm-hmm. because they knew they couldn't give away a penalty anywhere on the pitch because even if it was deep in our half I mean Saxon would, would put them would put the line out around the uh, instantly exactly and our line out had been going well so theirs had gone uh, a little as well it was still okay but um, we would have been fairly safe on our own line out and they would have known that yep and uh, so then the counter was going up and up it was to 32 33 and um, and then I then I think just just before he went for the he drops into the pockets there was two particular strong yes. carries that were needed from Henderson and Stander because up to uh, yeah up to forty they mm-hmm. were we were started to go sideways again and we were too far away there was no taking it then but then Henderson and Stander in particular just got just those enough to push the pocket on the yards and but 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 even <laughs> then it was, it was still far out. out. I mean, I, I was telling, I was, I had the, 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 the missus was watching with me and I was saying, oh, they're, they're trying to get into drop goal range. And, uh, and I said, oh no, they're nowhere near it yet. They want to get closer and closer and closer. But then all of a sudden I could, you, you see, you, I couldn't see Sexton in the shot. 
but you can see from, from yeah. Mary's body oh, language yeah. that he's ready to pass it back to her. I'm like, what? What is he doing? Unbelievable. What did you he's think of that moment? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think I was thinking anything coherent at that point in time. I think I think my brain had melted and gone out my ears, oh. and I was just letting yeah. the situation wash over me. Um, it, uh, I I had lost my mind at that point already. Um, and the thing the thing is, like when you're watching on TV, when you watch rugby in general, you get the side on view, and that's what you want. But when it's a kick, I'm always thinking, you know, yeah. you want the you want the view from behind the goal. And or or straight down from one end of the pitch, and but of course, and of all the TV networks of all the countries and all the world, you'd expect the French to have <laughs> unusual angles. You know what I mean? They they they, they, they come up with these mad uh, shots and angles. And they they have one from the from right down at pitch level, a worm's eye view sometimes, and you know, so they, they they're more experimental with it. But this one time, when you wanted something different, you still got the side on view. And so the, the kick's gone up in the air. So the only thing you can do it's to know true. has it gone over it's is true. watch Nigel Owens. You're watching Nigel Owens and he's running towards, but but even then he's running towards, the ball gets gets towards the, the, the post. You're watching Nigel Owens. You're watching his hand go up. You don't see his hand go up because they cut away. And you're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Luckily, luckily they cut to Johnny Sexton who's jumping up and down, his arms up in the air. And obviously he's seen what Nigel yeah. Owens done. And yeah. I was like, oh my was, God, was, he got it, was, it. It was amazing. Indescribable at the time. It really was. Um, and it was, it was just that Ireland had gone and played in a way that they hadn't really ever before that I could remember and it had worked it's like mm. well if we can do that if they can do that Jesus they can do anything exactly yeah yeah I mean like what we said earlier about uh, previous matches in Paris matches we should have won this just looked like when Tomas scored that try this is another one of them it's after happening again we're going to have post-mortems banging on about the the, the coach and, and and throwing it away and the systems and and uh, we, we can't win in Paris. We can't see a win home. And and had we lost under those circumstances, considering how much ball we had, I mean, I think those yeah. those charges yeah, yeah, were no, absolutely. Justified. And uh, uh, one thing I do kind of regret is that the, the the winning that game, the winning of that game, papered over the cracks um, of some of the issues that 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 came up in the first seventy two yeah. minutes, and they were there and. You know, the, I think some of them came back to, to, to bite us on the arse now in, in more recent times. So, um, eventually, yeah. You know, uh, more more prescient uh, analysts than, than 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 I have had spotted them um, and were commentating on them. But uh, I suppose that's the difference, really, between between being a fan. Uh, you know, you, you can be you can be a bit of an analyst and, and a fan, but you're never really going to have that uh, crystal clear view um, mm. of of everything. That unbiased crystal clear view of everything that's happening. But, yeah. Yeah, that that team, and I think it's probably you, you. You could argue that for all for all the flaws that were visible in that first seventy nine minutes, that last couple of minutes is what brought the brought that particular team. I mean, that team really stayed together for the rest of that calendar year. The full nucleus of that team um, is what stayed together, and it was probably what was able to bring them through all those matches after it. Like you know, the rest of the Six Nations. The, the 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 tour in Australia, the, the the win over New Zealand, all that was um, was was part and parcel maybe from that. Oh, absolutely, it was a moment of evolution um, for the team, and and it wasn't an evolution in mm. tactics or 
ability. Um, it was it was it was an evolution in self belief. They were able to pull it out of the bag collectively and do mm. something that that that, and, uh, uh, had, that they'd never done before. They'd never seen done before. That they'd not planned for. Um, but they trusted each other and knew each other well enough to put it together and and really achieve something spectacular and that's that brought together that, that brought a level of self-belief that just brought them to a whole different level and 2018 was in, incredible in that sense it was, it was and the only unfortunate thing about it is that is that it probably came a year too soon in that when you know which when it came to our ultimate goal because the the, the, the thing about modern rugby um, no matter how good you guess uh, no matter how good a, a run your team might have in any competition at any level, yeah. um, the other teams, the, the game is always evolving at a macro level. Although there might be little tweaks in the laws, but you also got, you know, better quality defensive coaches or, you know, mm-hmm. or teams are more likely to be focusing on you to beat you. Who get it as well. So you, you have to evolve your game as well. And I, and um, I think, I think when Joe had that team, I think he was, you almost couldn't blame him. He was afraid to almost break it up and to break up the way it was going because he was getting yeah, such I mean, success that's it. I mean, for that year. It's very hard to get that much success with a group of players and then turn around and go, well, you're kind of, you know, your your form isn't quite as good as it was at the start of the year, so I'm going to drop, you know, it's, it's very hard to do that. So, you, they're, they're, yeah, success breeds yeah. its own issues, and that—that that is one of them, um, certainly. Big time, big time. Pretty much covered everything. It was—it was an amazing. It was great to watch it again. I mean, it—it. It, it, I know it was only two years ago, but it just—it still seems so much has happened with World Cups and. Uh, of course, the rest of that season that was in it. Uh, yeah, it does. It's it's rugby's a funny old game that way. Um, it just it, it it all flies by. Um, you're, you're you're only as good as your last match. Last season is great and all, and you know the history books have yeah. it recorded. And you you know you might get a a, a gong um, in in a suit this year uh, off the back of it, but uh, at the same time. It's not going to affect anything that's going on right now. I mean, it's a, you know to start a season, a series like this retro rugby. Looking back, it, it, it didn't you know it seems like a bit of a short time to look back and stuff. But I just thought I thought that was a good starting point because um, because it was the it was a time before a great year in Irish rugby and Leinster rugby. But um, it would you know even though it was the, it was the game that started that there was a different kind of feeling at the time going into us and it was a good way to contrast what came before oh, and after was a, that a pivotal point um, in, in Irish would be of recent history let, let alone the Josh Bitt era brilliant brilliant okay well listen thanks th- thanks for that that was, a, that was a good old chat that was a good way to start the series um, we're going to do a few more of these but hopefully hopefully we'll have the actual rugby back uh, before too long um, but uh, be, be doing do, do, do stuff, a few, fo- few more of these down the line and hope to have you on again no thanks Jeff thank you thanks Thanks again, and we'll talk to you again soon.